0: Hey, ladies and gentlemen, how are you? Season's over, pretty much. We hope that you had a great season. I know it was tough in a lot of places. I hope that you got out there with those that are really close to you and just had a really good time, uh, regardless of uh, killing birds or not. So anyway, there's that. There's all that. right. This podcast is brought to you by Dive Bomb Industries. What do we have to say about Die bomb Industries, guys.
1: Oh. They're the best ever. Best Wait. silhouette on the market. I Bar could, none. I could go on for days.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, I, it, it, it's like beating a dead horse. You just can't get enough. You know, you just want to <laughs> keep beating it. Because these guys know what they're doing. They're going to treat you right. They're customer service. I, I wasn't a believer in silhouettes when I came to hunt with you guys. I know a, 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 and I ordered some from back home already. And so. what
1: happened? Your brother took them out? And greased them. So, there you go. I'm a
0: believer the duck silhouettes are awesome. The duck uh, socks are
1: even better. Incredible.
0: Uh, we talked about it a little bit on this podcast, but you know, if you're going to get the silhouettes, get the socks also. Yep. It adds incredible nice little uh, dynamic, incredible yep. motion. So go look them up. divebombindustries.com. Also, this podcast
1: is brought to you by 737 Duck Calls. Oh, my boys. My boys in Oklahoma. What can't you say about them? I mean, outstanding.
0: Ducks on the ground.
1: Ducks on the ground, geese on the ground, you know been running uh running nothing but uh seven thirty seven all season blown the nitro all winter long uh I like the maple i'm a I'm a fan of wood, I have an acrylic too, but uh, I just enjoy the uh natural sound that that wood gives mm. uh, for geese, I don't know that's just personal preference they're all great, you can't go wrong duck calls phenomenal, can't go wrong there I'm a single reed guy number one, I've heard great things about the doe, so if you like double reeds, just go uh. Go do it, man.
0: Give, 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 give,
1: give, them a shot. Yeah. give them a
0: shot. Give them a shot. Give them a shot. But, yeah, go look them up at 737duckcalls.com. Also, this podcast is brought to you by Lucky Duck. You cannot have enough spinners. We proved that last night. Yep. We greased them, okay? Yeah. We greased them. We yep. had, what do we have? Seven spinners going? Might yep. be overkilling some people's eyes, but we
2: wanted seven more. Yep. So. Yeah, and um, if you're a guy that... Uh, that that has to carry his decoys in, uh, uh, I don't know, half mile. Them deception floaters, can't say enough about them. Lightweight, look they're, amazing. Paint uh, scheme is fantastic. Yeah, they do have good color. They're, they're light. Good. They're 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 easy. They're uh, look good. I, I love them. Everything they're nice. You want.
1: That's overlooked. I feel like you know their motion decoys are obviously their main selling point. Right. So those floaters are incredible.
2: And then you need to take a look at them. I'd be interested to see what their goose. Deception series is like, might be hidden gem. Mm-hmm. I
0: know, I know they're probably lightweight if they're anything like yeah. these uh, mm-hmm. floaters are. So, yep, go look them up, luckyduck.com. dot They can handle. And if you're doing predator hunting, go look. Go look. They got an incredible uh, predator, predator lineup. So, go check them out at luckyduck.com. This podcast is brought to you by Athlon Optics. You're going to need binoculars to scout your birds or Gotta whatever you're em. doing. Gotta have them. Athlon Optics, superior quality. And they
1: won't break your bank account. Nope. Perfect. So go check them out. Great, great binos. Used I love them. All them. Winter. Got scopes if, if you want a scope. Scopes. They got it
0: all. They got all of your optic needs, so go look them up. Athlonoptics.com. And, of course, this podcast is brought to you by Boss Shot Shells. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been proven over and over again. Bismuth is the way to go. I've seen it uh, side-by-side shot. One guy shooting boss, the other guy shooting steel. The guy with Boss is
1: just crunching them, mm. killing them dead, dead boys. D
2: E E dead.
1: Do yourself a favor. You know, stock up for next year is all that I can say. You
0: pay so, for what you get. Yep. But yeah, go look them up if you're wanting a superior
1: load. You can shoot the best load. They shoot the best loads. Boss they shoot shot the best shells. So we shoot the best loads. Mm-mm.
0: Should be the should
1: be the slogan. <laughs> if if I own <laughs> Boss, that would be my slogan. Brandon, <laughs> I know you're listening. You should you should look into that. Oh, yep. Shoot the best load
0: with Boss. BossShotShells.com. Also, whenever you're setting those dive bombs, you're gonna need to see what you're doing. So go to SeaLightLEDs.com and get you a nice light bar. Put it on your trailer. Put it on your truck. Put it on your wife's car. Yep. Put it
1: everywhere. Yep. There's no sense in fiddle farting around in the dark. Yep. We uh we mounted one on the on the side of the trailer and one on the back, and uh, it's. Works out perfect, you know You can angle your trailer the way you need to That way you got one light facing your blinds You got guys brushing blinds You got one light facing out where you're setting your spread And uh, it's perfect Yep Nice when you can see
0: Trust me Yeah
1: (laughs) Nothing worse than fumbling around in the dark
2: Yep
0: (laughs) And for all you wine guys Valentine's Day is right around the corner You need a wine Look no further than William Chris Wines William Chris Vineyards They make Texas wine
2: Yes, Texas grown.
0: Texas grown, all Texas grown, everything from Texas. So uh, if you're wanting a nice red wine, impress the old lady. Maybe make a nice chicken parm for Valentine's Day. Mm. Top that off with a nice nice heavy red wine. There you go. Red panty night, they're coming off with William Chris Wines. So go Mm. look them up, uh, williamchriswines.com. Last but not least, if you're needing a hunt, you're ready for your next outing if you're booking a hunt. Look us up. Stanfieldhunting.com. We are taking reservations for the 2019 2019-2020 season. So call Jeff today 940-658-3172 and we can get you on the books. They're filling up fast. Also, we are doing pig and turkey hunts, so if you're wanting to do something this spring, get out of the house. Beat those off-season blues. Look no further. Call us, 940-658-3172, or look us up online, stanfieldhunting.com.
2: Come hunt with us, guys.
0: Hunt with the famous Blake Poppy. Yes.
2: The Blake Poppy. The yep. one and only. You will not regret it. Maybe a little bit, but yeah. it knows.
0: <laughs> Everybody always regrets it in the morning with Blake. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Two, one. Boom. And welcome to the Big Honker Podcast on this Super Bowl Sunday. I'm Jeff Stanfield. I'm Andy Shaver. Go Patriots. Hey, hey. Dad, are you going to watch? My dad, Ron Stanfield, joins you. You going to watch the game, Dad?
4: I don't really plan to. I may see a little bit of it. But... We're having a Super Bowl party at my house. You going to come to it? We'll see. Huh. You really don't care about watching the game, do you? I'm not into football games much. You just, have, just don't care or what? I just. Lost interest in it a long time ago.
3: Do you know who's playing the Patriots in the Super Bowl?
4: Yeah. Who? The Rams. I'll be damned. I'm proud of you. I really <laughs> didn't think you'd get that. How could you miss that on Fox it's, News? It's That's everywhere. What's time. the
3: name of the Dallas' basketball team?
4: Uh, Maverick. Right, damn, he's two for two. I would have never <laughs> guessed
3: that either. Who's the number one scorer in the NBA right now? I don't know who plays in the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> I figured that. I don't either. So, don't feel bad. Dad, let me ask you. Let's talk. Let's let's talk a little bit of dogs today. Kind of round table type deal on some things. What what are some things people can do right now? Because I know dogs are going through some kind of a hunting dog that's geared up that hunts a lot. Now a dog with an outfitter is different than just a regular Joe. We don't we have outfitters that listen to us and other guides I know because I know a lot of them that do. But the regular guy, his dog has been hunts on weekends basically. Gets to go a couple times during the week. What what what's that dog need to do? Because like Lou gets fat, Andy don't do a very good job off season with his dog.
4: Well, they need some exercise. You can go out and hand throw some dummies, and if you throw a dummy forty or fifty yards, to get your rope right. It's easy to do with these knobby plastic dummies. You throw it out there fifty yards, that dog runs out and back. That's a hundred yards, and that's at a sprint, just like if they were on a bird. You do that ten times a week, and that's some decent exercise. It's better than laying around. Fireplace all the time.
3: Do, do you not agree that Andy needs to let Lou get allowed a little bit in the off season, a little bit more?
4: Well, he's got two little boys. I understand the deal, but it'd be better for Lou. Yep.
3: Is Lou fattening up yet? Well, no. Is he accustomed? Is he getting accustomed now to the off season?
0: I hadn't asked him, but I'm sure he is.
3: Is he trying to jump around and go every time you leave to get the door like he used to?
0: Uh, I mean, he did that anyway. Just any time that I get my shoes on, he's kind of wondering what's going on. <laughs> Unlike Ollie over there.
3: Ollie. Well, Lou's an athlete, uh-huh. but 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 Lou, Lou fluffs up a lot in the summertime. He does, yeah. But you don't work him in the summer much. Nope. And you don't plan on this year either, do you?
0: If I have time.
3: If you have time. He's not very high on your priority list, so it's time to start picking up chickens, is it? I mean,
0: what, what am I going to do? I got... I got uh... I got two two boys, a wife, a remodeling company, and a podcast to, that all need my attention. So
3: So losing lose on the back burner there.
0: <laughs> I mean something's gonna have to something's gonna have to take the tail end of the priority list. That poor Lou. It it could be the podcast, it could be the remodeling company, or it could be the kids, but you know,
3: you gotta you gotta prioritize in life. Well, I'll give you that. All right, Dad. So take your dog out, throw him some you know, some marks every day.
4: I'd rather start with, I realize that people got puppies at Christmas, and a lot of people have a new puppy, and start there. And you can take a pill bottle and tie a knot in a sock and stick that pill bottle in that sock, and better even put three or four pieces of chad in it, and shake it, and it'll clatter it a little bit, and get down on the floor. And if your puppy's only seven or eight weeks, you have to know that their field of peripheral vision is not developed. So they're seeing tunnel vision. Mm-hmm. So you need to get down there on your knees with that puppy and shake that thing, drag it around, get him interested in grabbing it, and then just toss it out in front of him and just extend the toss. And that thing will float even later outdoors, but when you put them little chats in there, it, when it hits the floor, it clatters. It helps him focus on that spot. And you, if you happen to be lucky enough to have a, a, a hall in your house, you can make two of them, and you can toss one of them down the hall and get him used to going down there. And then toss one down there and turn him in a doorway and toss one in that door, and he can't cut across, and then he'll come right back to you. And you can get that puppy doing doubles in a week if you do that. And
0: you say to pick them up whenever they come back and praise them a lot. Yes, sir. Pick because in his mind,
4: that's his. That's Well, he went and got it. Yes, sir, that's his people that go out in the yard and they grab dummy out of fido's mouth every time he comes back just jerk it out of it he'll he'll figure it out there's no no percentages in that and he'll start cutting across go over play with it under the rose bush or something so right because that's his but if you'll sit there when he's a puppy like that and praise him you'll develop a hand delivery mm-hmm. right there without any kind of force fetching or anything he'll want to bring it to you Right. Do
3: people put uh, obedience on dogs too early? You think a lot of stuff.
4: They do certain things. I, I, I'm pretty stout on here command. Not come. Not come. Here's a place, and it's right between your toes when you're standing erect. You can point at the ground right there by your toes, and that's where here is, in my opinion. Then you can go from here to heel, or here to here on the other side. Teach them to be right and left-handed both because if you're shooting, if you're a right-handed shooter, they need to be on your left side. If you're a left-handed shooter, they need to be on your right side. So your body cushions are.
0: Well, and not not just that. Um, one thing, I, Lou, we taught him to heal on my left side. I'm right-handed, so he always healed on my left side. But in those A-frames, depending on which way the wind is blowing, a lot of times we'll crosswind the birds. So I could be either on the left end of the blind or I could be on the right end of the blind so I need Lou when I'm on if there's like a south wind and we're cross-winding them and I've got to sit on the right side of the blind Lou's got to heal to my right all of a sudden
4: well that's kind of right but if I was doing in your place I'd probably try to sit in the middle where he could still be set on your yeah but the problem is getting in and out
0: well no not that if we're cross-winding them and I'm sitting in the middle the birds are going to stop on the calling I've got to drag those birds all the way across the line so if I'm in the middle those birds aren't. They're going to stop where the calling is, and the guys on the on any further past my right are going to be looking at a That's lot longer a, shot. So let's
3: let's let's talk on that for just a second. I don't think a lot of people understand that, but when you when you got two guides and you're hunting ten guys in a frame, mm-hmm. you want to put the callers on the upwind side.
0: Yes. So, like, just say we're say we're hunting if, a we're, south cross-wind. Them. if we're, we're crosswind them. If we're crosswinding them, there's a south wind. Okay, and we've got our blind on the west, west side of the west side of the field looking east, and there's a south wind, so the wind is to my – it would be on my right hand. We put our calling and our flagging on the far end of the blind, and then we run those magic mics uh, straight out in front of us. That way, uh, on the crosswind, we're getting the birds to come all the way across from the far end guy on the far left end of the blind all the way to where we are and you know if we were to have the calling say on the downwind side you know that's where your birds are going to focus on and a lot of the guys on the on the you know the the downwind side or the upwind side rather they're not they're not going to get the shots that uh you know i don't think a lot of people could get.
3: Uh, understand that how much placing the call in the uh, if it's you're huge. if it's behind your back it really don't matter because you're going to be in the middle of the spread
0: yeah, if, if, if you're just if you're not crosswind wins right at your back and you're just playing it that way yeah put your call in and a lot of times what I like to do uh, percentage is usually I've got a lot of right-handed shooters so um, we'll kind of we'll kind of go to the left a little bit in the spread instead of being say we got 10 guys out there instead of going between uh, four and five. Uh, we'll kind of, we'll kind of position the calling to be behind the second and fourth guy. That way the birds are kind of to the left a little bit of the, of the line because the right handed shooters, you know, that's a money shot right there. Uh, anything from straight in front to the left is a, is a pretty easy shot. So, um, we'll put the calling between the second and fourth guy that way. That's where the birds are kind of looking and, uh, finish a little bit better
3: do you uh when you hunt in l- let's say you're not hunting in a frame mm-hmm. but you're just hunting in layout blinds and it's the the wind in your cross Do you set at the very end of the yep. spread also yep
0: Same, regardless if i'm cross them no matter how i'm hiding a frame layouts holes uh just sitting on my butt whatever i'm going to the far upwind side that way it drags the birds all the way across, and then I'll put my, I'll put my magic mic string it out there. That way, like I said, those birds have to go across everybody, and not just, uh, not just a couple.
3: I like crosswinding birds more than I do having them come at you, anyways. Just because I think it's easier to do it, and you sure. don't have to hide. You don't, you don't get picked apart as much.
0: No, no, not at all. Um, I, I am a, if if I can cross. If I can crosswind of my cross not know what the hell he just knocked over but if I can crosswind of my crosswind them just like the other night on the duck hunt we weren't uh, didn't have the best hide our tops were we were a little bit exposed but you know crosswinding it they're they're looking at the mo- uh, the uh, the lucky ducks and the spinners and and the wind socks and everything else they're not looking at us um, the only thing whenever you're crosswinding them if they get over over the top of your blind or your hide just kind of lay off of them and then whenever they get out, in front of you, you can kind of hammer hammer on them with the calls a little bit more. But
3: uh, I didn't see one duck flare the other night.
0: No, I didn't either. But one thing that you will see when the birds start getting smarter, and we saw this: um, if you're hiding out out of your spread, um, if they'll, I mean they'll kind of pick up on it, and you'll notice because they'll come in quiet, and they want to see where the calling's coming from.
3: That is pretty damn smart. Yep, yep. And so
0: Logan so and I, Logan and I, were hunting one day, and birds came off the roost, and they didn't make a peep. I mean, not a sound. And then, um, they'd, you'd kind of hear just just kind of little uh, clucks and a little bit there. And then we'd get on with the call, and then they'd go, they'd shut up, and there was nothing. And then they'd kind of get to about the 60, 50 yard range where you think you almost got them. They're not saying a word. They're looking, they're listening, and then they realize that the calling is coming from out of the out of the decoys, and they were gone. And I told Logan, I said, we just got to get off of them get their attention, and then that's it.
3: Would they come on in if you didn't call?
0: <sighs> they far set us. Um, that day the wind kind of dicked us. It was it was supposed to be a, a west to northwest wind. It stayed southwest most of the morning, so um, they went to the, the far edge of the decoys. It was about a 50-yard shot, but um, had the wind been right, yeah, they, they'd have probably done it pretty good. But, uh, you know, you just got to kind of know your birds, know your pressure, and, and if they go quiet on you, they're looking. They're looking for the boogeyman. They want to see where he's at. But
3: uh, Do you use a tree to your advantage if you nope, got a tree there? Like,
0: no. I don't, I don't like hunting around trees. I've done it. I did it a couple times this last year, both times. We got
3: our ass up to Oklahoma one day on a hot, hot field.
0: Yep. Uh, I don't know if it was a tree line or what, but the day that uh, Logan and I were hunting, we had a tree next to us, and a, a pretty big tree. They did not want anywhere around it, so... I don't know what that's about. I don't know if it's just that we don't have a whole lot of trees in Texas, so they're not accustomed to it. And the ones that they are by, they don't like it.
3: See, ducks, it doesn't bother.
0: Probably not. They're, you know.
3: One of our best duck hunts ever we shot out of a row of 25, 30-foot trees for us, which is tall trees.
0: Well, I'm just thinking of the ponds that these ducks sit on, and most of them have some yeah, sort of tree yeah, around it. I guess it. that's true too, yeah. Um, but, yeah, the the, the very couple, the very limited amount of, of times that I hunted with a tree – anywhere close to me this year we did not do very well we had and a should have done really well we had a
3: really hot field this year and it was just covered up and we hunted by a tree it was one of them mornings too. tree row uh, a tire tree, tree row, row. yeah t- tree row and we hunted up and we was hid good but they would get yep. about <clears throat> 75 yards from that tree line and they'd want to stay way up from it and this is the funny thing i get a text from zach oh we're fucked these damn trees i knew it well then why the hell do we do you know yeah. what's the yeah. and that was one of them days he was right
0: I, I I don't, if I, looking back, you know, next year, I'm not, if, unless it's just the only place to hide, I'm going to avoid trees at all possible. But, you know.
3: Ain't it funny how you learn after all these them. years, you learn things that. Well. And that day was an extreme day because the wind was blowing about 40 miles an hour of the north too.
0: And it's, I mean, it's just not even that. I mean, you just got to.
3: But I mean, it would have been hard to hide anywhere else that day.
0: Hopefully everybody that, that's hunted this year learned something.
3: Well, you would think so.
0: You know, and just because we've been doing this for really a really long time, I don't have all the answers. I got well, a lot of them, but... But no, that's what I meant. Trees, it's funny
3: how you learn different things that of all the years, we've never had to deal with no, that. I mean... And the few times we've hunted around trees, it hasn't mattered until this year.
0: Up until about four years ago, I never hunted outside of the spread. That's right. I mean, just never did it. And up until about six years ago, I never hunted out of layouts. So, you know... Hunt hunting is is is, uh, is evolving. It's an evolving sport. Things that work today aren't going to work tomorrow, and things that work 20 years ago are going to come back around and start working again. So, it's just uh, you know it's just like the silhouettes. Everybody got on the full body train, and now uh, that leaves a lot of room for silhouettes to start working again. Birds aren't used to seeing it, and it's a nice curveball that you can throw at them. So, that's my little two cents on that. But back to what we were talking about earlier that's why i have to get uh you know
3: one side or the other of the uh in the a-frames make that makes a lot of sense dad thanks hunting do you think the the a-frames are a lot easier than the way we grew up hunting don't you think
4: oh man they've this been my first year and i've had tertiary experiences with them and i really do like them a question for for your listeners maybe is it seems to me like Placing them so that the sun shines on the front of them might be an advantage, regardless of the wind direction. Set your spread accordingly. What do you think? To do to do what now? Set up, set the a frame where the sun's shining on the front of it. So there's good. no shade, no oh, shadow, right. or uh, shadow. I mean,
0: that's what I meant. Shadow. That last duck hunt that we did, we had a lot of the, shadows. We on had the a spread. lot of shadow. Uh yeah. I mean, it, it could, if at all possible, I. I always want to use the sun to my advantage and, you know, um, that duck hunt, the sun was in their eyes. It was behind us. It was behind us and it was in their eyes as they were coming. So it kind of, I think, I think it might've helped us a little bit. Um, gosh, I I really don't know. That's, that's a tough question. I don't know that I want the sun directly on it. Maybe at an angle would, would be (laughs) okay. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. You kind of use it. You don't, I don't think you want the sun directly on it and I, 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 definitely know this to be fact you don't want the sun directly behind it because that'll cast a shadow over your entire spread and that's one thing that we uh tony got out there and um he hadn't hunted out of a frames very much and he wanted to put the a frames on top of this berm and i'm like no that that's a horrible idea um why do you want to do that i have no clue he was he blake was like no we need them down here and I could kind of hear Tony arguing with him, like, no, we need, them. we need them on the berm. And then finally I was walking by, and Blake said, Andy, where, where did you put – because I had hunted this field the same way that we did on that last duck hunt. And Blake said, where do you think we need these A-frames? And I said, right here on the bottom. And I said, if you put them on top of that berm, you're going to have a shadow clear to the other side of the decoys. So we ended up getting my way. Well – we would have had, that, that shadow would have fucked us would if we would have put them on top of the berm.
3: Now, when you talk about the ducks looking in, the, in their eyes, ducks are a lot higher. They're not, They're looking down. They're not looking in that sun as yeah, much. Yeah, but
0: when you're finishing them.
3: Yes, I agree.
0: When you're finishing them the way that we are, and a lot of the shots that we took, the birds were about the same height as the lucky duck spinners.
3: Yes, we were shooting ducks at, at
0: five yards high, or not even five yards high. Four foot high and, uh, you know. Chest deep water. 50, yeah, 15, uh, 15 20, 20 yards out there.
4: Well, some of them landed before you yeah. called a shot. Yep.
0: And I think, you know, when they're at that level, kind of maybe eye level with what you are or the top of the blind, you get that sun looking at them in the eyes and they can't uh, – yeah, they didn't know what hit them. They can't really pick you apart as well. But, yeah, I'm, I, we've talked about it a little bit on this podcast, but I will crosswind the shit out of them if I can, if
3: I can do it. Oh, I'd much rather shoot ducks that way anyways.
0: And especially like later in the year when um, you know your birds are circling, you might not have enough wind. um, Just keep the eyes off of you. Everybody's hunting educated birds, uh, you know, in January and this time of the year. Just, if at all possible, keep those keep the eyes off of you. Um, That's when I like to use a lot of motion, a lot of flagging, a lot of uh, spinners, if I can. Just anything to make them look at something other than me, because. You give them enough times, and I don't care you give them enough cha- chances and
3: they'll they'll find something wrong so keep the eyes off of you so dad you closed out pheasant season maybe your last sentence pheasant season we won't know until next year
4: how how how'd you, how you how did it go all oh, went very well I had to help red save me i I couldn't have done it without him but the hunts the quality of the hunts was as good as they ever were and I got a kick ass dog that's pointing them and helping retrieve and find them. He's 100 pounds and go through a five strand barbed wire fence at a dead run. I've never seen anything like it. Well, Didn't even up. slow down. Scares me every time he goes. He's got it figured out, I guess. Does he
3: point quail? Or, will he point? I mean, he's oh, a point. Yeah. He points and retrieves. And it's a German dog, right? A Drothire, is that right?
4: Drothier German wire haired pointer. How do him and Hank coexist? There was a race to the bird and a lot of crashes at the bird <laughs> I mean they was both intent, you know, and they'd just rolls. Well, Hank's always been the man. Oh yeah. He's been the star of the show. He didn't like it when he didn't get there first, but the Drother could outrun him. hmm A little bit on the long haul. So. Well, he's
0: young. How old is they're Hawks, both sorry. eight. They're both, both eight. oh, they're both the same age.
3: Well, I am proud to tell you, Dad, that you're the only guy that I didn't know about nobody bitch about this year.
0: Well, how about that? How'd that happen?
3: <laughs> I usually don't give a room people bitching about you.
0: Just that one lady that couldn't imagine uh, those <laughs> those dogs.
3: pointers stopping. Yeah, we had a woman come in the office one time, and she closed the door, and I thought, oh shit, I'm gonna get my ass chewed out for something. She's one of them women that smoke cigars, and that's to me that's smoke cigars and drink scotch. Yeah, I just I don't know. When you see a woman do that, do you always kind of think to yourself, who are you trying to impress? Yeah, I mean. Uh, I just don't. I, it's kind of like she thinks she can stand, in, stand up and piss in a bottle or some shit. Mm-hmm. I just was not. Meanwhile, she comes in, and closes my door, and I'm thinking, "Oh fuck, <laughs> what did dad do?" That's exactly what I'm thinking. First thing I'm thinking is, "Is dad said something off color, told an
0: inappropriate joke?"
3: <laughs> no, that's that's exactly what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, "Oh shit, dad," because dad's dad's had some slip ups before. <laughs> and she comes in and she says, uh, "I have a complaint about your your the the dogs." Now, I've never had a complaint on Dad's dogs before. I'm like, yes, ma'am. And then her boss walks in. He opens the door and he goes. And she was the president of the company. and He was the owner. Mm-hmm. And this is some kind of steel manufacturing business too. I mean, it was a it was in the man in a man's world. Yeah. And he goes, we'll call her Darla. I don't remember her name, Darla. He goes, I, I got this handled. She goes, no, I want I want Mr. Stanfield to know what the problem was. She goes, you, and your dad's dogs. He's like, Darla, I've got this. She goes, no, I want to let him know. He goes, she goes, the dogs, they just, they stop. They don't do nothing. They don't move. They don't do anything. What are you talking about? (laughs) He goes, Darla, I have this. She goes, no, I want him to know. These dogs just stop. They just lock down. I'm like, lock down the labs? No, those other dogs, those little white dogs. I go, the pointers? Yeah. He goes, Darla, I have this. I go, they're supposed to. That's called pointing. That's how they do that, pointing. Oh, he goes, Darla, I've got this. And she walks out the door. He closes the door. He goes, (laughs) She's not real smart.
4: <laughs>
3: and I'm thinking, yep, she's a dumb bitch, is what I'm thinking.
4: Yeah. First of all, she wanted to call you about 8 o'clock. I want to call Jeff, and I said, well, why? Everything's going smooth. And she said, well, your other hunters. You had them out of here four hours ago, and here we are out here at 8 o'clock in the morning. And I said, ma'am, I said, I got to keep you entertained till noon. Lunch is at 12 o'clock. Yeah. I said, we don't have to be out there to crack it on.
0: She was talking about the goose hunters.
4: Yeah. They already she, had their breakfast. She couldn't breakfast understand around. how they's getting, they were – Four getting, hours extra. Yeah.
3: She's absolutely she clueless. And they come back a bunch without her, too. Yes, they did. She was a – she was I, – I, I, I don't know. I guess she was a semi-retractive 50-year-old woman.
4: I think she lost her job right quick after that.
3: She was a bitch. I wouldn't have – she didn't do good in that position. You know, I don't know why they would send her out to to do that. I'll tell you another thing I deal with is is women that book the hunts for the guys. Mm-hmm. Now I don't have nothing against women hunters. Let's just before the Me Too movement starts jumping on our ass. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the lady that has no clue about hunting that her boss has her set up a hunt. Mm-hmm. It'd be the same as me setting up something to go see a fucking ballet or some shit. Like I don't know nothing about it. So I mean I don't want no questions to ask or or yoga. That'd be it. Someone wanted me to book some yoga classes. I don't know. Are there different kinds of yoga? Hot yoga. I don't even know what the fuck
0: that is. It's like 120 degrees in the room.
3: You're like, doing yoga. Yeah, that sounds like fun. So, anyways, this woman. I have women call all the time. Their bosses and the ladies will call up, and they'll book a hunt, and they'll ask. Me, they'll call me 15 different times. I'm thinking, why the fuck can't he just spend five minutes of his day and call and ask me some questions, and we'd both be done with this? Because he's a good delegator. He's not very good at it It takes a lot more time My time up He's not <laughs> worried about your time I know <laughs> no yep. shit I know, I've, re- I've realized that And but, but it's like She goes okay Then she'll go ask him And get with me And and, and it's We could knock this out In about five minutes And finally I have done it before I've said Can I just have his number And I'll call and talk to him And then we knock it out real fast And whatever he has questions about But they don't know nothing I mean if they're, don't, if they're not hunters They don't know what to ask about And the average woman Doesn't know Understand Yeah I mean, the, the women that hunt do, but the, there's a lot of women that don't hunt. You take the average woman out of a mall. The all, average... Uh, just the average housewife.
0: Well, not even that. Just the average uh, secretary. I don't know if that's a bad word now. With all Why would the sh- that... Why, I, you don't know what the fuck is a bad word anymore when it comes to this Me Too shit. But the average secretary for a, a, a lighting company, because I'm just trying to think of a big corporate group that we have. She doesn't know. I mean...
3: Anything about hunting, most likely. That's right. And 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 they want her to ask questions. Right. You know, uh I had a lady last year it was teal hunting. Called about doing hunting and I said I could do a teal hunter in a week. Okay, that sounds really good. And she called back fifteen minutes later. Oh, what is a teal? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a I lot said, of fun. I said I said it's a duck. You know, but I didn't want to sell her a duck hunt and right. be expecting, Well, why aren't we shooting shovelers? Yeah, because that's what we're gonna be exactly. shooting during teal season. It's shovelers or teal. Yeah. You can't shoot that. Well, you told us you sold us a duck hunt, not a teal hunt. Mm. Mm.
0: Men, if you're listening and you got uh, you're wanting to book a hunt, make sure you just ask the right questions. Don't. Uh... <laughs> and it could be just a, a fucking. It, no, I'm not picking on women. It could be a just a some yuppie, twenty two year old kid that's never left the city that wouldn't
3: know what to ask. Doesn't that yeah, to we be a woman. There are a lot more women in the hunting, and we hunted a lot more women this year.
4: We do all the time. That's good.
3: I see more and more. Of, yeah, it's it, we need more of them.
4: They're uh, ladies and kids are our votes.
3: There,
0: there's more uh, women on this earth than there are men. So,
3: you know, if if you look on the Instagram too, the women that are big in the hunting deal are oh, yeah. all shiny looking. Mm-hmm. There ain't no ugly ones. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I'm sure there are. You just don't they just don't have Instagram accounts.
3: If if you're a woman and you're pro staff or you're doing something, you're a good looking son bitch. Yep. I mean that's just the bottom line to the whole deal.
0: Yeah. Um, we're gonna get a gentleman on soon and he wrote a book about why women don't hunt and it's uh and it's not about that, but it's there's there's a piece of his book devoted to that. It's pretty interesting though. We'll have him on, he can explain explain it all better than I can. You're gonna?
3: No, I don't have nothing to say. I okay. was trying to think of something. I didn't want to say nothing bad. Well, there's nothing bad to say. That's Jason's brother, right? Yep. And he's a professor at Baylor, correct? Yep. Wrote a book. We need to talk about his whole book. I've got it next well, to my stand. Will. I'm we fixing will. to read about it. We will. It's we'll, called. We'll uh, talk more about it. But we'll guns get guns and God okay. is the name of it, right? All right shit! Don't get me. I lying. think I think that's the name of it. I've got it right next to my. It's it's on my next read list. Now the hunting season's over. I'm, a matter of fact, I'm going to take it skiing with us because I have a feeling I'm not skiing three days hope you ain't in the hospital with Dad, don't even say that. We don't want to talk about that. I'm sure they got a nice... Uh... No. My Achilles... I'm worried about my Achilles more than anything. I have tore both of my Achilles, two separate incidents, and that's a miserable freaking deal. we giving birth, is not that big a deal. <laughs> Tearing an Achilles. I don't, I don't, no, that's true. Yeah. I'm going to tell you right now. Have you ever heard a man say, I wish I'd tear my other Achilles? No. You hear women all the time say, I wish I could have another baby. They don't say it right after they had one, though. They wait on little <laughs> Well, they forget yeah but turning Achilles is a miserable miserable injury and I've done both legs at different times and that's my biggest fear so we talked
0: earlier uh, about introducing discipline too early to a puppy is there is there a magic number is there a certain age where you can kind of lean on them a little
4: bit or I think it's one of the kind of things that just gotta feel it along I mean hell you can teach a puppy a lot of things at six weeks and you could teach set if you're gentle about it and just don't overwhelm them with that the only time they're good is when they're sitting that's what what i think happens is some people do too much obedience and not enough retrieving Mm -hmm. and so fido decides i'm a good boy when i'm sitting right so so we don't want to burn down the barn to go retrieve well, the dogs—it's either a Labrador Retriever or a Golden Retriever or a Chesapeake Bay Retriever. Mm-hmm. Retrieve is half of their name, mm-hmm. and so that's their game—is they—they need to be retrieving. You can take a dog and get it retrieving well, and then you can tighten the screws and teach them to set. You can, you can, you can do it. I have had L heel pointers that I could let out in a park in a, in a roadside park and there are without them running off. People got all these idiot dogs. that can't can't call them in until feeding time or quitting time, mm-hmm. and they didn't teach them, train, train them.
0: Yeah, because you've, you've said this many, many times. It's a lot easier to reel them in, and it's a whole lot harder to have to cast them out. Well, you know,
4: to, to, to leave on a fall, a marked fall, they see it falling, and they're going to go. Almost any kind of old dog that will – that you can say, fetch something. I mean, when you throw it, that's what people say. I don't. But uh, when when the dog sees something fall, with their instinct is most of them to go to it and get it. Mm-hmm. What they do with it later is what makes the difference. But if they don't want to go, it's it's harder to, to force them to go. Something like, for example, a healer dog, they'd be hard to teach to retrieve because they're, they're a herd dog. They're mm-hmm. not a retriever. Hmm.
0: So let's say, um, guy's got his new puppy. He got it. Let's say Thanksgiving. So it's a little bit older. Everything's going good, and then all of a sudden, there's no interest from the dog in anything that he's throwing. What do we do then? It's still. I mean, it's still. Let's see. So he got it Thanksgiving. So how old is that now?
4: Quick yeah, math, Jeff Eleven. This is third month. It's twelve, 12 weeks. weeks old. About. Well, I'm a big believer in birds, but, you know, you can get in trouble here. Or somebody get pissed, but I, I like to tether a pigeon where it can't fly off. And, <laughs> and Old school. Uh, we're, we're old school people. And let it see it and walk around out there, and mm-hmm. I can fix about anybody with a With a bird, a live bird. A live bird. Yeah. They don't hurt it. They might ruffle their feathers, but they don't hurt them.
0: And but you can clip their clip some wings sometimes too can't that might also ruffle <laughs> some feathers
4: the yeah that's the, the way you do it on one wing just trim a feather a just little bit trim a feather a little bit they can't fly away but they can still kind of fly and flutter and create some excitement build a fire boy you can, you can build a fire light their ass up and they won't ever want to quit
0: somebody's so you, ringing here it's not yeah, me I
4: think it's dad oh. One dad's girlfriend's. Yeah, you know, one of my twins me. Oh. Don't ever call me, but he just did. <laughs> so,
3: so when you uh clipping the clipping the feathers on a pigeon, they'll grow sh- back. Maybe I, I know. I'm, I'm we're gonna. Add, I'm gonna talk about how you do this. So, I mean, it's life. It's a hunting podcast. People know this shit. Yeah, we talking We're killing what was, birds. What so. I
4: was avoiding was no. Just hold out one wing, and the pigeon's got bars on its wings. Every pigeon I ever saw had some stripes on its. On one wing, just trim the feathers.
3: Just take some scissors and just
4: cut just the back ones snip off. Snip the, the tail end of that feather from there out, from that bar
3: out. And, and they can't, so they can't fly, but they can flutter. They can't
4: fly away.
3: It's like a crippled bird, basically.
4: Well, it's not even crippled. I mean, it can. You throw it up, and it can fly, but it can't sustain Very flight. Far. Yeah. But but do it out where that puppy can see that bird walking, and I can fix ninety nine percent of them right there with that.
3: Right. Do you uh? Didn't you used to have a regiment where you'd you'd uh, retire a pigeon if you made so many training trips?
4: No, but I well, I used to buy them from the people who raced them, and they didn't want them to come home. <laughs> they didn't want them to come home. <laughs> no, they wouldn't tell you no more if they ever come back. <laughs> I bought a pig, I bought a pigeon for three dollars one time. I had won a five hundred mile race, but it quit producing. And five hundred mile race. And they nixed it. So ha,
3: ha, we're going to talk about that real quick because I don't understand this pigeon racing no, concept. I've never. So explain to us how this works.
4: How, do how does this work? Well, they take it to somebody that's involved in the race, has a loft, they call it. And they put them in with their birds for a while. And then they release them and they fly every evening and every morning. And then they shut them back up.
3: And, and then, so that's their new home.
4: That's where they're going to race from. And they've got a, they call them, uh, oh shoot, uh, anyway, when they go in the door, it trips the deal, and they can't come back out, and they got a clock on it, and they then they, somebody hauls them to a designated point, 500 miles or 300 miles, whatever the race is, mm-hmm. and at a given time, it turns them all loose, mm-hmm. and then they're sitting there waiting, and when they come in, they get their band and look it up, and they... Clock them in, and they find out who wins. So
3: so, so they're not racing back to your place. They're racing back to a designated area. To a designated place. That they have re-registered as their new home. Right. How long does it take for a pigeon, I wonder, to become localized to that place?
4: I have heard that you can put them in a box and keep them in the dark for 70 hours, and they'll go home. Well, PETA people
3: are going nuts
4: with this <laughs> shit. I said, I heard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> race pigeons, but... <laughs>
3: Well you used to have a pigeon coop at the house in Wichita.
4: I had a loft in the backyard
3: just just a day. And a loft is the same thing as a pigeon coop? Yeah. Have okay. you ever
4: eaten a pigeon? <laughs> Are you serious, no, Andy, by asking that? What? Yes, he has. Well uh, not for many. <laughs> He's eaten a pigeon. I, He's eaten a coon. Used them till well I've used them till they a little rough. <laughs> I try to save, get a lot of mileage out of my bird. Hell, a feather and a wing is a bird. <laughs> so. A
0: feather and a wing
4: but is a bird.
3: W- when you take these pigeons to the house and you put them in your coop, when you'd buy some pigeons, because your pigeons would fly too. You didn't Oh yeah.
4: No, they'd, I'd just leave them shut up till they had babies and then I'd turn them loose. And, and you'd let them go. They'd stay there. I just had it where they could come and go. And then I just, sh- I had a. Pinned pin to the side, I'd put the babies in, and that's what I used out of
3: So you kept your, your, your brood stock, you kept, yeah. and you and you, the babies, you— you. They went on death row. They went on death row. <laughs> I think that's what you used to call it was death row, too. <laughs> so the, the, the pigeons, though, that you—are there pigeons called a tumbler or something?
4: Yeah, but I don't like—you um, throw them up, and they may not fly away. They may just tumble to the ground and crash. Huh.
3: But they and, and they they'll fly around and they'll just tumble down. Yeah, they
4: do. Yeah. There's rollers and tumblers both, and I'm not an expert on them, but they're not good dog training birds.
3: So these guys would save these birds for three bucks a piece, or uh, whatever it was, a
4: couple of dollars for a lot of them, or two or three.
3: And then you would, but they didn't want them if 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 they was going to come back to their place, they didn't yeah, want them. Don't let them get away. I always wanted to go on a pigeon hunt. That it looks, like looks like a lot. Like, of fun. It looks like a lot of fun. I'm gonna put one of them together in April. I think out in New Mexico.
0: They look like a lot. They look action packed.
3: It does. A little
0: little squab. They
3: di- dive right into your decoys. But that, old, that old
4: mojo dove out there. Mm-hmm.
3: Have you seen the video floating around the internet of the Chinese guy? Mm-mm. And he's in some big city, and maybe New York City or somewhere. And he oh, he throws grain that. on the ground yeah. like at the park, and he's just casting net closer
0: and closer and closer.
3: <laughs> and he throws a casting net on him, and he takes him
0: home and eats them. Puts them right in a bag them right in the tote sack that's sitting next to him. He'll, he'll put four or five in there and off he goes. supper. Yeah. It's just
4: like eating a big dove. Yeah, they are. They're just a little redder than a dove or different color. But yeah. Squab. Squab is, the, the. you know, squabs are still a, a squab until they get pretty good size in the body. And they're supposed to really be a delicacy, but...
3: That's what the French tell us today. There's a lot of shit the French eat that are like snails.
4: Well, I understand, but... I like most, most foul. So uh,
0: back to our original point: if you're if you come to an impasse, and the dummies aren't doing it anymore, try to get your hands on a live bird. Yeah, at
4: least shoot one off overpass with your <laughs> BB gun, and and then freeze it, and use it, and let it. you can use a froze bird, to take it out and use it, and then put it in the refrigerator. Everybody's not equipped to deal with all that stuff.
0: Right. Now, you can, what, what duck can you use for training purposes? Just a mallard, correct?
4: No, well, live. Live. But yeah, I've licensed for live mallards. But any kind of dead birds.
0: So but, find but one
4: You got to keep them edible where you could clean them, I guess. I,
3: is there rules for that? Well,
4: it's under that wanton waste. Sure.
3: Hmm. But you can buy mallards. You can buy a tame, yeah, you know, raised mallards. Or you can go to the city parking town and to pick you out a duck. Find one that's a little sickly looking. Bunch of them,
4: if you want them to fly to train with. I personally would rather have pigeons. I get more mileage out of one pigeon than I can 20 mallards. Because mm-hmm. when you throw that mallard up and, and he goes after quack, Quack quack boom! He hits the ground, and that's it. That's not much excitement for the dog, like a bird is trying to fly away.
1: hmm
0: So, how long would you do this for? Would you Would you as as you're introducing birds and feathers to uh, your pup? Are you constantly uh, are you throwing a dummy as well?
4: I would. I would. I just feel. I just feel it out. I mean, I I've, I've got a feel for some of that. And, right. And so I just. I could tell, but get a get a softball and roll it. Yeah, that, that excites a puppy, and they'll if, if they don't want to do that, then, then don't uh, worry about the, the live bird. If well, a
3: dog don't want to pick up a live bird, it probably ain't gonna be a very good dog. That's probably a good
4: idea. Yeah.
0: So just if you're doing the live bird or just anything that that is is trying to build excitement for this dog, just constant and just keep throwing the dummies for it, and then as it kind of gets used to dummies. You could eliminate the birds or the softball, or yeah. Start out with
4: that pill bottle like I am talking about. That's even good for a twelve-week-old puppy a few times. Go back to that, maybe. Start out there with you've got to put one that's not been retrieving something. Start out there. It's no, just but get down on your knees and whoop 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 whoop, make it sound. Try to make it fun. Mm-hmm. And then pick up the puppy and hug it and pet it, and then take the thing. Don't just snatch it out of its mouth when it comes back.
0: Is there ever a circumstance to where, let's say, you've hit a snag and, and the bird and the dog is not getting your your dummy that you're throwing at it? Could you ever see an instance where you just put the dog up for a week and not, not do anything with it? Or would that erase everything that you've already done?
4: Well, you can't dig yourself out of a hole, and so it might work. Just leave it.
0: Just not just all training,
4: we're not doing anything? Just, just put it up. Just make it happy. Feed it and a little bit and then, but I, I can't I can't see very many dogs that wouldn't be interested in retrieving some of these methods pretty quick.
0: Right. Um what you know what if uh let's let's say uh let's say the dog um I guess what I'm trying to get at here, I lost my train of thought for a second. I looked down at my phone. Um do you think that guys, the way that dogs get into a hole early on is guys are trying to force the issue a little bit, maybe a little bit too much?
4: I think probably so. And they get frustrated and yell at the dog, and want to kick at it, and that dog can feel what you feel. Uh-huh. If you're fixing to kick his butt, he feels that before you ever make a step his way. I mean, right. that's my opinion. but I agree. But we have a friend that, you know, the, the English. Training methods are different than some of ours, but uh, for example, his his dog don't seem to want to get in the water. But mm-hmm. well, you don't have to force them in the water. But you need to get in the water with them when they're puppies and and get get a lot of this stuff started while they're little.
0: Yeah, it's all building blocks here, folks. I think so. it's just you can't build a house house if you don't got a good foundation.
4: But you you can create a – you can take a dog that's eight weeks old today and have a pretty successful little hunting dog come September.
0: I think it's just – I think we get in a hurry a lot, too, more than anything. I know when we were training Lou, I couldn't wait to get through the the conditioning uh, retrieve, retrieve, a.k.a. force fetching. (laughs) I couldn't wait to get through that because I wanted to move on to other things. But I mean, that's kind of, you know, people a, don't a big part of that.
3: People also,
0: and I, I couldn't wait to get through like the obedience and the the sit and the heel. I can't tell you how many times in your driveway, we worked on walking at heel, picking the bur- picking the dummy up, and it's just like, oh my god!
3: Aren't you glad though you did all that? Now? Oh, absolutely!
0: And I can't tell you how many we were still living in the skunk house whenever we got Lou. And I can't tell you how many times I walk this little circle around the lodge with Lou at heel, and then I'd stop and tell him to sit. And I mean, it's all—it's
3: all woven in there. Just think, you'll get to start all this all over again in about three years.
4: Some something that I something that I do when I'm doing obedience is—I've never seen anybody else do it—but I blow a duck call on set. I teach him set verbally, set. Then I blow a whistle. Jerk the, the leash so that's set, mm-hmm. and then I'll blow a duck call whack, 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 and jerk the collar. Not just, just on their little collar, just twitch it where they set mm-hmm. and blow the duck call and let them set there a little bit and then toss them something. Right. Keep a dummy on my belt, mm-hmm. toss it.
0: And that just kind of gets that dog used to.
4: Yeah, well, you, you, a jillion times in my history, I've been out with people that their duck. Their dog never saw a duck call till we was in a duck blind for the first time. with Yeah. Pup. And they go nuts. Yeah. With all that. Well, I'll make it part of their life. You know, in the way that
0: we hunt in the peanuts, we're digging holes, and that's always interesting because a lot of guys, all their dog ever did was everything was at heel. Everything was sit and at heel. Never has has it retrieved anything from a laying down position. Never has it been underneath a board in between its owner's legs, ever. And that's just not, and that's always, uh, it's always a lot of fun to, to do for the first time.
4: Spread a newspaper out in the living room and lay that down over the puppy and set or kennel.
0: Because mm-hmm. a lot of you know, a lot of guys are just hunting these, I guess, I don't know how they're hunting, but the dogs that heal, dogs sitting down, dogs can see pretty well, and now all of a sudden we're, Putting it between the owner's legs with a board on top of it, with decoys all around it, and goose hunting is a lot different for a dog, I think, than than duck hunting is.
4: Well, oh, it is, and you know, most people don't practice sitting on a chair and retrieving. You know, like dove hunting. Well, even in the A-frame blind, just right. Sit down and have a dog, but heel, heels, heel. No matter where you're sitting down or laying down, mm-hmm. standing up. But they all, they all started out standing at heel with the dog at heel, and they send the dog, and it comes back, and they're standing. Practice it sitting on your ass, even on the ground, set, mm-hmm. and then, then they're not jumping up in the middle of a volley, to to send the dog or release it. Teach that dog to be released from that position.
3: I think we're seeing the pinnacle of a Labrador Retriever success right now, because I think it's going to go downhill from here. Why do you say that? Because of training methods. You're not gonna be able to buy an electric collar in ten years or fifteen years. You don't think so? No. Really? I don't think so. Not I the way those PETA's human system. Yeah. And the, and and the the, the PETA people, humane society, all that's gonna get involved. I just think I think you're gonna do it. And I don't think you can train a dog properly without some of that.
4: Well, there's a lot of difference in electric collars as I showed you a while back, but between mine and another one, but But mine's not hot. Now, back in the old days, man, you could weld on a screen door with an electric collar, (laughs) man. It'd burn.
3: Well, what I'm saying is I just don't think they're going to have – I think eventually – a couple of things I think we're going to see gone here in the next decade. Buying electric collars, helicopter hog hunting are two Mm -hmm. things I think you're going to see gone. I don't think the collar would be And I think you're going to see – They're
4: regulated by the people that – regulate radio signals
3: Uh and youtube will no
4: longer have hunting videos and they can't they can't make them hot like they used to be man you could fry one back in the old days probably ruined a lot of dogs that
0: way too though oh yeah the old
4: training books that people pass their sheets to train off of shock dog once put the collar on dog and and say set and put the next time, say set and shock a dog, <laughs> and I mean it was wrote like that. Yeah, and then don't shock it again till tomorrow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, back in the, we've talked about this too. You know, back in the day, before they had collars, it was birdshot, oh, and that's how you reached out down and touched the road, have seen that. So, I mean, uh, have have you seen? We've gotten the, a lot more gentle toward these.
3: Have you seen the video of them? Uh, testing the bulletproof glass from back in the 50s and 40s. No. and showed the guy's wife holding the screen and he was oh, shooting at her. And I've said, There's a video going. I just saw it the
4: other day. This is how they originally tested the bulletproof. I used to have a book written by a friend of mine I haven't seen in a long time. But but anyway, he had he wrote a book with questions he asked 20 different professional trainers at the Nationals one year. Mm-hmm. And then he came back and wrote a book about it. And it's pretty neat. But One of the chapters in there was how to know how far you can shoot your dog <laughs> and and this guy said put your have your wife put her raincoat on and stand out there in front of you and, and if you hurt her you know don't shoot your dog <laughs> uh,
0: we've come a long way and that was in the book we've wow. come a long way with uh dog training but i think uh more than anything get to know your dog and get to know his personality and You'll learn. You'll know how much you can lean on him. Like Lou, I can lean on him as much as you want to, and he's not going to quit. Where I've seen uh, the old mascot around the lodge, Missy, you couldn't do anything
3: to I her. I thought you was going to badmouth Beavis. No, no,
0: no, 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 Missy.
3: Beavis, if you put a collar on him, Beavis was
4: a different dog. Yeah, he yeah. knew what to do, but, and he'd do it. But and you didn't have to even have a transmitter; just hang a collar on him. You could put a dummy collar on him. And now you don't see that so much when you buy a collar. You used to always get a dummy collar, and most of them just don't even come with one in the box.
0: I've never heard of that before. I bought The collar I bought Lou, it just came with
4: the collar in the box. It was hot. Yeah, I've had 20 different dummy collars in the past. Really? Yeah.
0: It looks the same, feels the same? looks the just... same,
4: shape the same, got the same prods. It's got everything but electrics in it. Huh. No electronics.
0: No, that's, uh, I've never even heard of that. But just know your dog. Spend time with it. Know its personality. Um, and just like we've said before on the podcast, those pups are young right now, so always quit on a high note. Don't try to dig yourself out of a hole because uh, nothing good comes from that. Always
3: end hole. on a good one. There
4: shouldn't be no holes if you start out. There,
3: there's a lot of them Christmas puppies are in the backyard for good by now too. Yeah. The newness was already wore off on them <laughs> They've
0: shit on the rug four or five times. <laughs> They're they've, gone. They've thrown up four or five times. And, uh, and Ducks Unlimited puppies.
4: Daddy got drunk and took it home.
0: Yeah. Now what about, uh, let's talk just briefly on house training the dog.
4: When I get, I used to, my last ex-wife used to. My last ex-wife. <laughs> used to not like me to tell people because she raised some nice puppies. And, but when you, when you get home with that puppy, if you'll hold it up and raise up its tail and insert a match in its <laughs> rectum with just enough, just far enough that the sulfur's not showing. And you set that puppy down on the ground, and I use the word high on, I promise you that puppy's going to go to the bathroom in just a minute or two. Mm-hmm. And if you'll take it to the place you want it to go in your yard and set it down and do that, and if you'll do that every couple hours, three days that puppy will go to the door and whine when it wants to go out right and it, it, you know there's no chemical thing here with the sulfur it's just that you wouldn't want to walk around or something stuck up your butt either <laughs>
3: where'd you come up with how on that i
4: asked the the first guy that i knew lane crow had a josh was a trained dog and he always said hi on when he gonna want the puppy to go out and go to the bathroom and i've he said the first person he saw with the trained dog said that, which is Rufus Deskin, I think. And I've since read somewhere that that might have meant hurry in the old Queen's English. Hmm. Mm, okay. So but it's just, I mean, you can say any word you want to use as a cue. Now you know, I think
0: you told me something one time. Uh, a, a puppy will, will piss three times. They'll pee three times
4: before they'll dump. Yeah. So you can take them out there, but I if you put – paper on the floor for a puppy to go on i don't like that you're just teaching them to go in the house go in the house
3: ain't nothing worse than going in the house i mean he's got dog shit and pissing. i just yeah. I drive, and people's little dogs are the worst about that they and, run all over their house and they
0: shit oh that's and you need before you know before this dog becomes an inside dog you're gonna you need to understand that there are gonna be accidents in your house yeah you gotta train them. it's gonna happen they
3: don't come pre so just broke.
0: watch, he'll give you cues. He'll Lou, I can remember vividly, he would kind of pace a little bit, and he would get to, he had one accident in the house, and that's where his accident spot was. Just like you talking about take him to the same spot in the yard every time, he had a spot in the house where he had an accident, and that's where he would go to every time when he needed to use the bathroom. And he'd kind of circle a little bit, and that we would grab him, we'd take him outside, and he'd go to the bathroom. No big deal. So... Pay attention more than anything. I think so many guys just kind of let their dog run free or keep him in a kennel and just they don't ever watch how he acts in the house because he's always in the kennel or he's always, you know, somewhere else. But just pay attention to him. He'll tell you
3: everything you need to know. Even a Ollie Dog, we got our old Labradoodle pet up here, he don't make messes at all. He never has. But we took him out when he was little a lot, and he'll bark He'll bark at you. When he, when he was ready to go outside, he'll bark at you.
4: I bet I've started a thousand puppies in my career. And bring one in out of the litter and if, if you clean it out when you come in, you can put it on the bed mm-hmm. and it won't make a mess. If you set it in the floor before you can get your shoes on, a little yeah. bastard'll go on the floor. <laughs> but if you jump up and take him to the door, yeah. he won't make a mess. Yeah. You can housebreak a puppy in three days.
3: Yeah.
0: All right, well, we've carried on enough.
3: Yeah, I want to talk about one thing real quick. Do you mind if I talk? Quickly. Uh, December 2nd, 3rd, and 4th is a Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, 2019. Yeah, you said 17. I, I understand that the other day. A small group day at the Big Honker Lodge. Um, what? Give the dates again, 2nd? December 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. So if you're just a 2 or a 3 and you want to come on a hunt, or a single but don't, don't bring or a single. dog yeah you're not bringing it you can't bring a dog on this hunt so just let's tell you that right now so don't don't message me and ask me why because we went over this a thousand times we <clears throat> don't you don't bring, you don't get to bring a dog unless you have a private hunt and then i strongly discourage it unless your dog is really good and we had we saw some really great dogs this year barrett Rains had a dog that was outstanding but anyways december 2nd 3rd and 4th Bring uh you, ones twos threes I'll add them up we're gonna we'll do a group of ten guys and do a hunt and that's in Texas December second third and fourth uh, it's regular price three fifty a day goose hunt lodging and meals but that's a day I'm designating for a mix match mix match and we've got a we're we've got an issue this year have you looked at the calendar I have not um Oklahoma and I'm curious to see what happens I wish I could find out now but Oklahoma they always. Split the Monday after Thanksgiving, it closes mm-hmm. and it stays closed that whole next week all the way till the next Friday. If it does that this year, Goose Season in Oklahoma will not open till December 14th. Usually it's what? December 7th because Thanksgiving is all right. the way, Thanksgiving's the 28th way late, yeah. this year. Hmm.
0: We'll see what. Uh See what happens with the scheduling.
3: So I'm not selling nothing for Oklahoma until, until December fourteenth. So if you, I, I'd look at the, yeah, just wait until the
0: regulations come. Out. I don't know
3: when the regs come out. If it does that, then I'll move it up. Now probably I'm going to run an Oklahoma group then the the week of Thanksgiving up there. I'm going to run at least one group up there because hmm. that's a whole week later than normal. But December fourteenth, you think about it, that's Oklahoma. That's knocking us. We're going to be really booked up in Oklahoma because we're only going to get thirteen days to hunt up there in December.
0: Yep.
3: Because we go home, we, we'll work for. Till the 22nd or 23rd, come home for 24, 25, 26, get four days at New Year's, This New Year's Eve. That's right. It's crazy. The state of Oklahoma, we'll surely they're going to get that right. Well, can you imagine the money they're losing on out-of-state license out. and all that? Well, you'd think so, but it's bureaucrats, so who knows? They'll figure it out. You got well, anything else going on?
0: That's it. Finally got my Christmas lights taken down.
3: We got a new shirt going to come out next week. You hadn't seen it yet. It's Make America Great again. MAGA, Stanfield Hanging Outfitters. is a pretty cool shirt.
0: Where did you come up with the slogan, Make America Great Again?
3: It's not a slogan. It's the MAGA, M-A-G-A. Oh, gotcha. It's pretty sharp looking. I uh, have, should have the shirts here next week.
4: Ron, right. you got anything else? Well, one thing I never mentioned earlier, but, you know, people, a lot of people have duck hunting dogs that they use all the time, and they, they, they hunt in trees and things where they retrieve 35 yards, 40 yards, maybe as far as they could even see the dog. Out here – they don't know they don't they can't believe when they get out here the distances that some of your retrieves are some of these sailor birds are are 300 yards away and more and and if you don't train them on them you probably ain't going to do them yep so you need to if you're going to try to do this kind of hunting you need to train on teach them to run a line build distance that far yep i agree i mean they just don't they they can't until they get here and see it, they can't believe that people retrieve stuff that far, and it's an everyday occurrence here.
0: Yep. Build your dog for success.
3: Pra- I want pr- pra- to do prayers for the, my Bill Dance's family. He had a heart attack this week. Ah, Saw that, yeah. and prayers for Mitch Mclemore, a good friend of ours. Coach Mac had a heart attack and in his recovery, and he should be probably getting ready to go uh, home.
0: Jesse talked to Coach Mac's daughter yesterday uh-huh. and put a stent in. He was in ICU yesterday. Hope that uh, she t- she messaged uh, yesterday morning. And they said hopefully by this evening he's on the regular floor and then home, they were hoping today.
3: There ain't so. a more intense man than Mac, Mitch McLemore. Nope. He's, a, he's Clay Reed's varmint uh, hunting, hunting buddy. partner. So, anyways, Andy's football coach. I was going to get him on the podcast, him and Coach Hutch and Clay Reed. Anyways, we'll get Clay on again here pretty soon. I appreciate everybody for listening. We appreciate all the messages. Keep them coming. Heard snow goose hunting in Arkansas is pretty tough right off the bat. Really? That's what I heard was told yesterday by a guy in the know. Doesn't mean the people aren't killing them. They said it's right. just tough. It's going to be the contest next weekend. Already moved on or what? I think the birds are kind of thin right now. That's what I understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, did see where we got a. There's a major. Now we're getting all the snow and the blizzards and shit in the yep. Dakotas now. What are you going to do? It's going to be that way all the way till April, probably.
4: Yeah, oh, we'll be ass deep in snow around here in April. God, I hope not.
0: Well, Ron, thanks for sitting with us. Uh, if you have any dog questions, find Ron on Facebook. He'll be more than happy or give them to me and I'll forward them to Ron. You need
3: to bail out here pretty quick, don't you? You're going to be late. Yep.
0: Anyway, see you folks. Have a good week.